welcome to Let's Talk Business, the UK's premier programme for current and future entrepreneurs. I'm Alan Coote. On the programme this week, we have news of an online magazine recently launched in the UK, which aims to help small business owners. The founder and architect of the idea is standing by in the studio. We'll chat to him in a moment. Marketers and public relations companies are using every trick in the book to get their clients' products into our consciousness. While you may not have heard of experiential marketing, you may have experienced it. We explore what it is, how it helps businesses, and discover what the ultimate marketing experience could be. Josh is here in the studio. What have you got in this week's Insight? Persuading someone with facts may be the wrong way to win an argument. We find out more. We also find out how all your hard work now will actually benefit you into your old age. And we have the intriguing story of how a group of IT geeks, the good guys, set out to trick tens of thousands of hackers, the outcome of which, it turns out, helps us all to be a little bit safer online. That's coming up. There's lots of places online that business owners can go to for help and advice. Now, if you're an entrepreneur or decision maker, then obviously you've bookmarked our website, Let's Talk Business, online.com. For the small business owner, Warren Cass says there's a gap, which he's filling with an online magazine called Champions of Small Business. And Warren is here in the studio with me. I've had a look through this, Warren, and there is lots of information up there. Tell us, what's your aim? Champions is an online business resource. It's totally free, will always be free. It's directed at the small business sector. So that could be anything from startup to people who've been running a small business for many, many, many years. It could even be an inherited family business. The whole thing came about because we just don't believe that enough is done for small businesses in the UK and we wanted to do something about it. So what is Champions, a website? It's a, it's an online resource. So that means it's multiple items of content from podcasts to the magazine to an article section where we've taken all of the content Content from the old Business Link website and repurposed it and made it very easy to access. There's a whole lot of special offers and incentives, competitions, and it's just a free online resource for small business owners. I was going to say, who's it for? So what sort of things would they find in there then? How would that help them? Well, f- first of all, in the UK, we have about 500,000 businesses a year starting up. And according to the statistics, about 80% are going to fail in the first three And the argument that we have is either they weren't sanity checked in the first place, so they weren't viable business ideas, or they're failing for reasons which are kind of commonplace. I don't think we're inventing new ways to fail in business. So the whole idea of the platform is to actually help people access knowledge, access help, access ideas and offers, things which are going to help them save money, things that are going to maybe put them in touch with good key people. But certainly, I think the biggest curse in modern society is uninformed people making uninformed decisions. And what we're trying to do is help small businesses make informed decisions about their business, their strategy. So how is this different then from what people may know you from Businessing. Well, Businessing uh, has, we, we're actually celebrating our 10th year this year. So, Businessing's been going quite a while. And that is a paid for membership organization where people are joining for some pretty comprehensive benefits. In fact, Businessing in itself is a market leading kind of benefit provider now. Um, we do everything from kind of legal protection uh, for members. So, they're covered on all of their legal expenses cover. But, but what we wanted to do with Champions is have something which was more evangelistic. Um, we wanted to be able to really shout from the rooftops about what it means to be an entrepreneur, to be running a business. And that that goes with the pitfalls as well as celebrating the successes. But what we've done is attracted a whole load of thought leaders from across the UK who are speakers, authors, entrepreneurs themselves, who were sharing their warts and all stories. You know, so, uh, you know, you go, you go to a lot of different business events and hear people speak and it's, and it's great to hear their knowledge. 
But actually, we don't just want to hear about the successes. We really want to hear what's gone wrong. Why did it go wrong? How can we avoid? How can we take that knowledge and avoid that mistake ourselves? And we're we're trying to really have that. You know, trying to keep it very real with champions, just so people can access that. I think it sounds like a an excellent idea. Where are we going to take this then? So it's relatively new. So we are three months old, over five thousand subscribers already. Um, so we've 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 had a really good initial traction. Um, we're supported by quite a few sponsors and partners. And one of the things I'm quite proud of is is our relationship with some of the big event organisers across the UK. So like the Business Show at Olympia and Earls Court, who are partners, and we certainly play a, a played a role there for our launch. And uh, also playing a big part with their event at Excel in May. Uh, also um, Olympia later on this year I think it's early December where we'll be celebrating our first year so hopefully um, there'll be a bit of a party going on um, where's it going to go though um, well this is the early sort of stage so right now we're concentrating on adding as much value in terms of content and the podcast I'm particularly enjoying delivering because that's that's uh, very much delivered in the modern way of receiving information it's it's you know, it's verbal, it can be done on car journeys, but we've got great guests giving great insights. Uh, so in the in, in the initial stages, it's about content. Moving forward, though, we will be introducing more offers, hopefully a lot of events across the UK where we're bringing champions together. Um, and beyond that, who knows? I like that. That's very good. And it has its own website. It's all launched at the moment. Where do we go? So um, in order to find out more, um, championsofsmallbusiness.co.uk. It's free to join. Um, so we encourage you to go um, and sign up. We're not selling your data. You're not on any kind of spam list. But what you will get is uh, lots of offers, ideas, insights for your business. Perfect. Thank you very much, Warren. It's always good to talk to you and we see you at one of those shows, no doubt. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. And if you didn't get that, I'll put those details up on our website, letstalkbusinessonline.com, as they say in the show notes. Right now, I've just got a moment to let you know about how we're helping some startups. Now, if you're thinking about starting a business or you're just in the first rows of it, then we have the online video course, which will really help you. Now, we're doing this because we want to help as many people as possible start their own successful business. Now, it doesn't matter where you are, if you're in the UK or listening to this abroad, it is just for you. So what's in it? Well, lots of fantastic advice that hopefully will help you including creating a unique idea, how to stand out, how to be that category of one, as we call it, how to access customers and make sure you're accessing the right customers, not the ones that will just consume your time and money, how to grow your idea quickly, the minimum amount of money, and be more certain that it's going to work. What could be better than that? Now, to find out more about the online course, it's on our website. Go to letstalkbusinessonline.com. That's letstalkbusinessonline.com. If you didn't get that, I will mention that website a little bit further on later in the program. Anushka Naidu is in the studio with me. And Hello. thank you very much. It's good to have you in the studio again. What I want to talk to you about is something that happened to me the other day. And it happened to probably millions of other people as well. I was on Facebook and up pops a video. It was to celebrate their 12th birthday. And it was a video that they had made of my friends. A little plinky music and everything. It was very nice. Some of the friends I'd almost forgotten that I had. But they took the time and trouble to make this video. I thought, my that is fantastic. I experienced Facebook. Now, you have a name for this. Yes. Experiential campaigning, marketing, PR, ultimately the key word is experiential. I never knew it had a name. It does have a name. It's not necessarily a new thing. 
It's been around since comms people became an actual sort of industry. They understood the fact that ultimately consumers need to experience a brand or experience your messages to remember it and remain loyal to it. Christmas is a good example of that. If you watch how Christmas has evolved over the years, it's a whole industry, I would argue, in itself. Santa's Grotto, taking the kids to visit Santa the adverts that you see that remind you that it's family time so whether you want to see your family or not who doesn't want to see their family at Christmas you're made to feel like that but ultimately that's the key they make you feel Christmas yeah absolutely if I own Christmas that'd be well in <laughs> I can see how you're saying now the whole thing in fact you've got six weeks or more yes. of build up mm-hmm. to this one day are there any other examples then of businesses taking this idea of experiential marketing and PR and using it in a non-digital way and something that they do own, not like Christmas. Mm. So my company, for example, Lineup Media, our PR, my PR agency, we are currently taking the Reebok new workout TR trainer on tour and we're sort of taking it to gyms because it's actually a gym shoe. People can use that shoe and try it out in their workout. Now, that's kind of your traditional form of experiential marketing. You can feel, touch the product, use the product, engage with the product, want the product ultimately raising the brand's awareness. John Lewis is another fantastic example. So back in 2014, they had what they called the stories of a shopkeeper. And ultimately what this did was they opened up a level in their London flagship store and you could walk through a timeline of 150 years of shopkeeping in Britain. Most people know of John Lewis. It's a household name, it's a household brand, but it kind of resonated within you that idea of look at the industry in Britain look at the shopkeeping industry in Britain look how we've grown this is amazing this is your household brand this is something that you want to remember I remember walking out there consciously with a fuzzy feeling and a warm fuzzy feeling I loved that when you actually break it down the comms person in me broke it down to the fact that what they triggered in me was nostalgia and a need to remain loyal to this brand because look at the history we need to keep this going I want to shop here I want to buy British I want to spend money in Britain because I love it. It creates that kind of vibe, that feel-good factor. And I think if you can nail that for your business, your brand, whatever, you're laughing. Well, you will be if you've got John Lewis's budget for start or the data (laughs) that Facebook have got or indeed the marketing budget of Reebok, I suppose. It becomes a little bit easier to do. For smaller businesses, smaller operations, how can they turn their marketing into this experiential experience? That's a bad phrase, by the way. <laughs> experiential I'm, experience. I'm that could be a new it. thing in its own because you know this yeah. whole this whole campaign, this experiential aspect of it, is evolving as we go. I have one fantastic memory of this. It was about two years ago. I was at a networking event. And there were loads of sort of small businesses there and I was sort of chattering away to them, getting to know them. And as you do at networking events, you come along with your business cards. Everyone's chucking business cards at you. Oh, yeah, we must catch up. I'll drop you an email, blah, blah, blah. And let's be honest, how many of us actually at networking events, unless someone has really said something that has made an impact to you, you're not going to initially remember the names. You're going to go back, review your business cards and say, right, okay. I'm going to email this person. Scan it, link in. Yeah, exactly. In the database, you're done, mate. Exactly. Yeah. That's how it works. There was one lady, one very, very clever lady. She had just started her own little bakery. And what she had done was made edible business cards. So they had her name and her address, obviously her business on it, all the details, but they were edible because I remember picking one up and saying, oh, this is cute. It looks like a cookie. And she said, it is a cookie. You can eat it. I said, really? She said, yeah, try my business. Try it. And I did. I certainly remember that experience. I remember that she stood out in the crowd. If you can find a way to do that, allow people to experience what your business can offer. It doesn't have to be a big thing. It can be a small thing. But as long as they remember it, that's the trigger. What then would you say were the top three things that people should actually really focus on then so they don't get too tangential with it? 
Mm. I think ultimately it comes down to sort of what we were talking about last time on the show, which is remembering who you are as a business. What is your brand? What do you stand for? So that should be your founding base for creating any sort of experiential campaign because ultimately what is your target to get out of all of this what are you trying to do you want them to remember your brand and you want to go further and make sure that they come to you they think of you first before they think of your competitors so as long as you keep that in mind it's much easier that's your sort of framework to work within so i would say if you if you've got three if there's three tips that i could give you it would be you know remember what's your brand values what do they stand for who are you trying to reach and ultimately the experience that you want to create makes them want to come back for more. Thank you very much indeed. We'll put some details up there on our website, letstalkbusinessonline.com. And next time you're in, what are we going to be talking about? We're going to be talking about what makes a good trend. We'll talk next time. Thank you very much. Over the past couple of years or so, we have built up a colossal amount of information, tips and advice from lots of experts in their fields, all to help you on your road to running a successful business. We want to make this available to as many of you as possible, so we've created dozens and dozens of videos which are now up on our Let's Talk Business YouTube channel. There's links to the Let's Talk Business YouTube channel on our website, of course, but as they say in all good commercials, that's not all. We're saving you the trouble of having to check for updates, All you need to do is pop your email address into the Let's Talk Business website and we'll deliver to your inbox on a Tuesday and Thursday all the latest updates for you. It could not be simpler. I think you'll agree. You're listening to Let's Talk Business, the UK's premier programme for current and future entrepreneurs. It's great to have you along. I'm Alan Coote. Still to come, Josh is here with this week's insight. What have you got? Persuading someone with facts may be the wrong way to win an argument. We find out more. We also find out how all your hard work now will actually benefit you into your old age. As always, that sounds fascinating. And we have the intriguing story of how a group of IT geeks, we'll call them the good guys, set out to trick tens of thousands of hackers. Now, the outcome of which helps all of us be a little bit safer online. That is coming up. Joshua Alex is in the studio with me now, and you've got a couple of items this week. The first one of which I can tell you, you're going to have a difficulty persuading me. Is that right? It, it, it is, yes. More of that in a moment. Well, I'll, uh, I'll give it a go. Now, if you want to correct someone's falsely held beliefs, then you may think hitting them with facts to persuade them will be your best approach. Well, new evidence suggests this might not be your best option. Researchers say the problem occurs when this new information threatens our so-called sense of identity. This triggers negative emotions that is known to cloud our understanding of new information. How did they find that out then? The study assessed 120 people on their knowledge and attitudes towards genetically modified foods, a subject rife with misconception, and their need for a healthy diet. This was the key information because they needed to judge how important a healthy diet was to a person's sense of identity. Researchers specifically wanted to find out whether this identity would influence how people felt when their beliefs were challenged. They then gave participants facts challenging their anti-GM food beliefs. Those who had previously stressed the importance of a healthy diet actually experienced more negative emotions whilst reading the information. 
At the end of the test, the participants were actually less likely to change their minds than the control group, who were given information that didn't challenge their beliefs. Put simply, the attempt to change their minds with factual information backfired and made their original beliefs stronger. So what's the best way then to persuade someone? Well, the key to persuasion may be to change your arguments so they don't activate this so-called identity concept. Starting with information the receiver agrees with and then slowly introducing facts to the contrary. So here's my point, that you are using facts to persuade me that facts aren't very good at persuading me. It's a complex point, but I think I understand what you're saying. <laughs> All right. Well, I tell you what, we ought to move on. So the more mentally challenging your job is now, the more your brain benefits later. No, I agree with that, yes. Some of us might resent the fact that our jobs are full of challenging thinking tasks. They require thought and effort, and sometimes you just can't be asked. According to a recent study, however, these mentally challenging jobs help prevent memory loss and thinking decline in later life. There's already plenty of evidence that shows mental challenges are like exercise for the brain. This latest study shows that high levels of thinking improve our memory well into the future. Does this include Sudoku? I'm not sure, actually. That's a, that's a good question to ask, though. I'm not a crosswords person, but I do a lot of Sudoku, and I was thinking that might be in it. You best explain a little bit more about this to me. Well, bear with me for a moment. High-level thinking includes scheduling work, activities, developing strategies, and resolving conflicts. Not Sudoku. Not, well, not Sudoku, no. But keep that in mind, these are all called executive tasks. I'll come back to those later. There's also verbal tasks involving evaluating and interpreting information. And finally, fluid thinking. This includes selective attention and analysing data. I think I do a bit of all of those. I think I've got this, by the way. Good. So the researchers behind the study recruited over a thousand senior citizens aged 75 and over and measured their memory and thinking abilities every 18 months for over eight years using a clinical test called the Mini Mental State Examination. Now, this is a standard test used nationally to judge someone's cognitive ability. Researchers also interviewed the participants about their previous jobs and work history. Of the three types of tasks, executive, verbal and fluid, they found that executive tasks provided the most significant mental benefits. So these executive tasks were scheduling, strategising and resolving conflicts. Have I got that right? That's right. Other research into this area has proven those with higher levels of education also have less chance of developing severe dementia later in life. So it may be that challenging tasks in general, whether that be in the form of education or day-to-day -day work, trains our brains in a way that helps them adapt to cognitive decline. So next time you have a challenging day ahead of you, just think of the long-term benefits of all that hard work. I shall be telling that to my other half when she walks in, absolutely brain-frazzled at the end of the week. I'm saying it's all good for your later life. That was very, very interesting. Thank you very much. Very thorough as well. All the information up on the website? All the information and a lot more information on these topics will be up on letstalkbusinessonline.com. Thank you. Excellent, as always, Josh. Now, thank you so much to those people that have got in touch with the programme via Twitter. It's really great to have you on board and sharing the programme as well. It's really great. Thank you very much. I really do appreciate that. We're spreading the net far and wide. And I looked the other day into where our listeners are. Sure, we're on the radio across the UK. Nearly 17 million people can access this programme. It's amazing, isn't it? 86 radio stations at the last count. Plus, we are online, of course, and I mentioned it before, letstalkbusinessonline.com, but we're also on iTunes. 
iTunes as well. And you can find us by typing in Let's Talk Business. Now, if you want to get in touch, very easy indeed. We're particularly looking for people who have experience of crowdfunding. In a few weeks' time, we're running a crowdfunding special. And if you've been involved in crowdfunding, been successful or indeed unsuccessful we'd love to hear from you you can get in touch via our website let's all business there's details on how to do that there i'm on twitter as well and i'll give you the twitter address a little bit later on in the show so if you want to get in touch twitter or go to our website let's all business online.com all right let's press on then Over the past couple of years or so, we have built up a colossal amount of information, tips and advice from lots of experts in their fields, all to help you on your road to running a successful business. We want to make this available to as many of you as possible, so we've created dozens and dozens of videos which are now up on our Let's Talk Business YouTube channel. There's links to the Let's Talk Business YouTube channel on our website, of course, but as they say in all good commercials, that's not all. We're saving you the trouble of having to check for updates, All you need to do is pop your email address into the Let's Talk Business website and we'll deliver to your inbox on a Tuesday and Thursday all the latest updates for you. It could not be simpler. I think you'll agree. Here's an interesting story about how a group of IT geeks, and we're going to call them the good guys, actually hacked hackers. (laughs) It will all become evident in a moment or two. Now picture this for a moment. If you want to know how good your home security is, You could ask your local Bobby, but you may be better off asking a burglar how he would break in. That was the philosophy used by a group of IT specialists who wanted to find out the most common ways hackers use to break into computers. Naturally, it was through the metaphorical and literal open window. I'll come to that in a second. Now, to do this, they set up a trap in the form of a Windows computer, accessible on the internet, which the IT geeks refer to as a honeypot. And just like bees, they loaded the software that seemed from the outside to the hackers to resemble the login screens to a standard Windows computer. Several of these honeypots were scattered around the world, and the IT team then sat back and watched what happened. The point was not to see how many break-ins were successful, but to record everyone that tried. Over the best part of a year, until February this year, they logged over 200,000 attempts by hackers to guess the computer's username and password. Now, this information was then used to build a list of the top 10 passwords hackers use to break in. Now, we haven't got time to run through all of them, so I'll put the full list up on our website, letstalkbusinessonline.com. Now, this information is very valuable to you and I, as if you use any of these passwords, then you really should change it. Admin, administrator, a double letter like an X or a Z. I can't believe you can actually put those in as passwords. And standard words where you thought you were being clever by replacing A's with the at symbol and the S's with dollars. During the research, the scientists also discovered that hackers were using common login procedures to break into what they thought were point-of-sale terminals, TILs in other words. Presumably the idea was to access credit card and transaction details. Now, If you think that hacking is exclusively done from the back streets of Shanghai in China, think again. The fourth most popular location for hackers is the Netherlands, closely followed by Britain, France and Germany. Now, I've got more details, including that list of passwords that you should never use up on our website, letstalkbusinessonline.com. And I've even put up the original report 
by the IT geeks. It does make fascinating reading, I promise you. It really is quite interesting and an intriguing story. Now, we are out of time, but remember to get your personal copy of Future Programmes delivered to your inbox as well as our regular business tips, tricks and advice. Our website, letsalkbusinessonline.com is the place to go. We've completed our brand new online course to help you get started in business. It is a departure from what you'll get and what you'll hear elsewhere. I know that but I'm sure it is going to be very valuable to you. We've already had over 2,500 people take the online course. It really is stunning. Hopefully you'll find it valuable as well. To get it, go to our website, letstalkbusinessonline.com. If you want to get in touch with the programme, we will be delighted to hear from you, especially if you have some experience with crowdfunding, both good and bad. Maybe you were successful, maybe you weren't. We'd still love to hear from you. To get in touch with the programme, you can tweet us at LTB Show. That's at LTB Show on Twitter. You can tweet me. I'm the Alan Coote on Twitter. We're on Facebook. All you've got to do is search for Let's Talk Business. We're also on iTunes. Type in Let's Talk Business into the search and up will pop the previous programmes. There are now 173, I think, of them. That's quite a lot. And lots of information in there for you. I'm not expecting you to listen to all of those, by the way. Just pick and choose the ones that are most appropriate. It's been great having you along on the programme today. Thank you so much for joining us. This programme was edited by Sean Burns. It's a Monogram Media production. We'll see you next time. 